jump right into our message. We're starting a new series this morning called A Soft Reset. We're going to be doing this series through January, and then we have some other things planned for February, but it's called A Soft Reset, um, and uh, I'm excited about being able to share this with you um, because I feel like this has been something that has been kind of burning in my heart for a couple of weeks now and feel like this is something that God really is going to take us through. So let's pray, and then we'll jump right in. Father, we need you. Father, I need you. Father, I pray that you would just speak to us, that, Father, you would open our hearts to things that you desire to do in us and through us. Father, I pray that you would help us to experience you in ways that we haven't before, because, God, you desire to change us and make us more like your son. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as I was trying to come up with a name for this series, I kind of kept coming back to the same idea. Now, I have a problem, okay, when it comes to technology. My problem is I know just enough for you to think I know what I'm doing but not enough to actually do much with it. Does that make sense? Like my wife will come to me and her phone won't be working properly or something won't be happening quite right with her computer or whatever. And she'll come to me and she'll say, Aaron, can you help me with this? Or will you tell me with this? And, And I know just enough for her to actually think that I can help her. But really, when it comes to how it all comes out and how it's supposed to all be, I really are, I'm not really sure how to do it. So my, my reaction to these things is usually the same thing. Usually I'll say, well, sweetheart, why don't you just reset your phone? I'm, I'm the guy, you know, you call a cable company and basically your cable box isn't working. And what do they tell you? Well, unplug it, wait for 30 seconds and then plug it back in. Okay. That's the thought. That's my idea of helping my wife with her phone. When her phone has problems, I say turn it off. And what's funny is now she's actually gotten to that point where now she'll just do that on her own and then come to me when that doesn't work, which which now I'm in real trouble. Because I'm like, you know, well, did you? And she goes, yes, I already reset it and it's not working. And then I have to Google it and really actually do some work and figure out what it is. And so as I was coming up with the title of this message, I was kind of like, well, God, well, you know, should I call it a hard reset or a soft reset? And I actually went on Google and tried to figure out what the difference was. And it says this in your notes. And I think this is important that we check this out. And it says, what is, what is a soft reset? What is this message going to be about or the series? And what, what is this really about? And this is what it says. It says, a soft reset is a restart of a device, such as a smartphone, tablet, laptop, or personal computer. The action closes applications and clears any data in RAM. Soft resets are usually conducted in an attempt to fix malfunctioning applications or because they require, or because they're required for software installation. When I was on this site, I, they also talked about the difference of a hard reset and I clicked on what a hard reset was and a hard reset wipes the system. It basically puts it back to factory like when you bought it. And I was like, oh God, is that what? And God was like, no, 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 no. I don't want your church. I don't want my church to go through a hard reset right now. I want to go through a soft reset. I want us to look at some applications that are malfunctioning. I want us to look at some areas in our life that are having issues. And I want to reset those things. I want to clear those things out. And what's so great about God is God doesn't just clear things out and leave it void. God desires to clear things out and put new things in it. Okay, And so that's what God is wanting to do in our hearts and in our lives. He's wanting to do a soft reset. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next 
several weeks as we go through this series. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 6.14. That's kind of going to be our, our, our section that we're going to be looking at in our first point, and then we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. But we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 6.14, starting with verse 7 and verse, going to, uh, starting, in, or starting in verse 16 and going from, blah, 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 blah. slow down, Aaron. Starting with verse number 14, and going to 7-1, okay? And that's going to be up there on the screen in just a second. But I wanted to talk about some things as we look at that verse. I want to, as we go through this section of Scripture, I want to look at this together and try to figure things out because I believe that this is what God is wanting us to do. So the first thing I want to talk about is why we need a soft reset. I'm, I'm, if you're like me, I, if you just say, you need this, my response is going to be, Why? Why do I need this? Why do I need this? We're going to look first at the first idea. Number one, because of the influences all around us. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14, and we're going to go to 16a. It says this, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Now, Belial is, is a name for Satan, okay, just so you know. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Okay, first thing, why do we need this? Because there are influences all around us. We live in a world of influences. We live in a world where things are constantly at battle. They're at war between it, and we're kind of in the middle of it, okay? And the thing that I'd sad about this is there was a time where the church and Christians were the ones being the influencers, They were the ones that were coming into the situation and influencing it for the positive. But we haven't seen that in a while. And so we are now becoming influencers. Now, let me explain to you what this doesn't mean and what Paul is not saying here. He's not saying that our job as Christians is to go find our little Christian bubble and our little Christian safe house and our little Christian safe space and hide out there until Jesus comes back and all takes us home. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is it is our job to be the influencers and not the influencees. But you know what? It's hard. Question, why are you wearing the clothes you're wearing today? Now, you may say they're very comfortable. You may say because I like them. But here's the thing. You have been influenced in what you're wearing, whether you know it or not. Because unless you are at home making every item of clothing that you own, you have been influenced by certain things in our culture. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying they're influenced. We're influenced by those things. This week, I was up on a ladder taking down garland. Okay? Okay, I, I, had, a, I had just, can you need to pray for me? I had a rough week because I had to take Christmas down in two different places. Okay, I took Christmas stuff down at my house yesterday, and and there were tears. Okay, and and of my son, but we were all, you know, we had to take Christmas down here and there. And on Friday, I was up and I was taking down the garland off those things, and I have learned something about garland. Garland sheds bad. Especially garland that's maybe been around for a couple of years. And so I'm up there and I'm taking the garland, I'm unwrapping it, and I'm getting garland everywhere. 
Okay, I got garland in my hair. I got garland on my clothes. I got garland in my mouth. Some of you, if you are sitting underneath in this general vicinity, there may still be garland on the floor. You may be sitting on garland right now. Please, when you leave the place, make sure you dust off because you might have garland all over your backside. Okay, you have been influenced and I was influenced by the garland. Why? Because it was near me. It attached itself to me. And sometimes, whether we like it or not, we are influenced by the culture that surrounds us. And it's very difficult to not be aware of that. You need a soft reset because whether you realize it or not, you've been influenced in a way that could bring damaging response to what God wants to do in your life. Number two, we want to do this soft reset because of the promises of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 16b, okay? It says this, it says, for we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, now this is the promises, we need to check this out. I will live with them and walk among them, and they will, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Jump on to verse 18. Touch no, or verse of 17. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Why do we need this reset? Because God's promises, if we do, are amazing. Absolutely incredible. He'll walk with us. He'll be with us. We'll be his sons and daughters. Listen, if that's not enough for you to look at your life and go, listen, I need to change some things. I need to hit the reset button a little bit. That, that You're not paying attention. This is God speaking. These are the promises that he's given us when we will come out and be separate. Okay, But like most promises God gives, there are conditions here you need to understand. He says, I will do these things when you do your your thing. When when you come and I'm going to, when you separate yourself, this is what's going to happen. And so we definitely always look, see, Garland. We definitely want to do these things because of that. Next, number three, because we need to purify ourselves from the things that contaminate from the things that contaminate. Look down to verse number seven, or chapter seven, verse one. It says, since we have these promises, which we got just before, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Purify out of everything that contaminates. Now listen, I don't want to get real graphic here, but I also want you to understand what the original Greek here is meaning when you hear the word contaminates, okay? The word here that the Greek and that Paul is using here is really translated as, as defiled, okay? And I, I, I know that there, uh, we don't know who might be listening to this online. We don't know. So we're going to be very careful on how we talk about this real quick. But I want you to understand what Paul is trying to get you to understand here. When he's using this word defiled, he's meaning... He's meaning something that is taken by force from someone who did not want it taken. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Okay, you get it? That's the term he's using when he talks about defilement. He's talking about the shame and the guilt that comes along with that. Okay, when we see that word contaminate, we're looking at it in our Western understanding of, of, of basically if, if I had a plate of food and, and, and I walked over to you and I had a big old plate of food and I said, hey, look, I have a plate of food. Are you hungry? 
Huh? Yeah. You'd go, no, 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 I'm good. Why? Because I've just contaminated the food. That's not what Paul is showing here. He is literally showing something taken by force. Okay? I want you to understand. I'm not trying to be graphic here. I'm not trying to shock value. No, no, no. I want you to understand what the term here is meaning. Now, with that understanding, look at the verse again. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that robs us, from everything that takes things that doesn't belong to them in body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Why do we need a soft reset? Because let's be honest, there's been things in our lives that have been taken from us. There's things that the enemy has come and has taken from you. It may be your joy. It may be your peace. It may be lots of your innocence. I don't know. But one of the reasons we need a soft reset is sometimes we cannot let go of those things. We will not purify ourselves to the extent that God desires because we focus so much on the contamination that we miss that God is a God of miracles and that God can do anything. It's deep. But God wants to do that. God desires to do that. So next, moving on. So, simple question. Do I need a soft reset? I told you why, but now let's go personal. Why do I need one? Look at Psalms. Psalms is an interesting verse. Psalms 13.2 says this, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? You ever been there? Just wrestling with your thoughts, trying to figure out why and how and, and dealing with the enemy and dealing with, with sorrow and dealing with the things in our lives that we deal with. How about we look at Romans 7? In Romans 7, it says this, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. How about that one? That sound like you? Maybe you're okay. Maybe not. You're, the, 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 the Psalms one is, oh, well, yeah, I can handle that one. But maybe this is you. Maybe you know what you need to do. Maybe you, you want to do what you're supposed to do. But you just constantly have this battle in your life, and it's just going over and over. Oh, God, why can't I? What a miserable person I am. Oh, my goodness, you're like Paul here. How about Romans 8? Let's look at Romans 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what is in the, uh, the Spirit desires. Their mind is governed by the flesh. Their mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. How about that? What are your desires? What are you desiring? Are you desiring what's of God or are you desiring what's of flesh? Are you desiring what's good and beautiful, or are you desiring what isn't? Let me, let me answer this question, okay? And I'm not trying to be mean or, 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 or a jerk. I just, I just truly believe this, okay? The answer of this question is quite simple. If you, do you believe, do you need a reset? Do you need a reset? Do I need a reset? The answer to everyone in this room 
is yes. Well, but Aaron, but Aaron, I do this, I do that, I would, okay, that's great. That's called pride. You need a reset. I'm sad, I'm happy, I'm doing these things. I'm, listen, 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 this is not shame. God doesn't work in shame, okay? This is understanding that God desires to make us new. But yeah, we all do. Listen, this is not one of those messages where you get to sit there, go turn it off, and wait to go to lunch. This is all of us, okay? You know what helps me? Okay, I don't know if this is like you. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, because of the way I am and the, my personality, um, I like to be with people in situations, okay? You know, I don't like to be the only one in a lot of times. So guess what? You're not the only one, okay? You go, well, well how do you know? I know because I'm there, okay? I'll go with you, okay? So you're not alone. We all need a soft reset, and we need to not listen to the lies of the enemy that looks at that as a, as a bad thing, okay? There's just some malfunctioning software that God wants to deal with. That's all. He didn't want to throw the device out. He loves the device. He just wants to help it run better. He wants to help us run better. But the bottom line is, whether you're the Psalms or Romans 8 or Romans 7, we're all dealing with this stuff. We're all at times dealing with these things. So what does God want to do? Why does God want to do this? He says basically simply this. We need to replace the malfunctioning applications or thoughts with truth. That's what we need to do. We need to look at our lives and see the things that aren't working and fix them. Okay, I have this weird ability in my life where I look at things as best I can and go, that's not working, let's fix it. Okay, None of you, if you had the means, would purposely drive a car with one flat tire. None of you would. You would go and you'd get the tire fixed. You wouldn't throw the car away. You wouldn't say, well, I got a, that tire went flat. But this car's worthless. No. You go to the store and you get a new tire. Sometimes God just wants to put new tires on the car, guys. God loves the car. He just wants to put new tires on it. Because here's the thing. Here's something you need to understand sometimes about God putting new tires on your car. He knows what the road ahead is, Okay. And maybe the tires you have are not going to be enough to go where God wants you to go. Does that make sense? Some of you have some tires that are going to work really, really well on nice, paved, straight road. And God's looking ahead in 2019, and there's going to be some mountain passes that you're going to have to go on and go past. And you are not going to make it in the tires you're in. So God's going to say, listen, let's put on some bigger tires. Let's give you some suspension. Let's do some things so you are ready to experience what I want to do. So we've got to replace those things. And again, what's so great is when God replaces those things in us, he wants to bring new things and deeper things and more important things. So finally, how to perform a soft reset. Okay. I remember when I was a kid, I remember we had... um, I think I remember. It was, it was, seems like that's been longer and longer and longer and longer the more we go. But uh, we had in our computer lab at school, 
because that's what we had at the time, computer labs, because we didn't have computers in our pockets. Um, we had Apple II computers with the floppy disks. Remember those? And so we could play Oregon Trail with the floppy disks, and we'd put those in there and things like that. And every once in a while, let me rephrase that, quite a bit because the technology, it would freeze up. And so we'd have to do, I think it was Control-Alt-Delete. Remember that? And so you'd have to do that, and you're like, oh, teacher, teacher, my computer froze right when I was trying to get to Oregon. Okay. And she'd come over, and she'd go, doop, doop, And the thing would go, and then come back. Okay, how do you do it? Okay. These are some application things that I think as a church are important as we move forward in how to do this soft reset as, as individuals and as a family. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you an idea of what's coming up in the next couple weeks. Next couple weeks, after we get through this week, we're going to go through some things that I believe that God has spoken clearly to my heart about issues and malfunctions that are taking place in our body, in our family. And we're going to deal with those things. We're going to talk about those things specifically. Okay. So this is more of an introduction. This is more of a broad thing. But this is things that I want you to keep. Keep these notes. Keep them with you. Because this is the things when we actually begin to talk about some of the things in the coming weeks that are more specific that I believe God wants us to be doing during this time. And yes, this goes exactly along with our fast. And this goes exactly along with our 21 days of worship and prayer and fasting. Okay? There is a plan, okay? And it's all going together. So, so how do we perform a soft reset? Well, first, let's look at Philippians 4.8. Because I believe that there is some wisdom here and some simplicity here that we need to understand. And if we can begin here, I think it makes a big difference. So let's look here. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I want you to stop, and and this is part of this process that we have in this reset situation. I want you to take a moment, and I'm literally going to give you a moment, to think about in your life what things fall under that category. What things that you read or watch or experience, what relationships do you have with people that look like that? I'll give you some more time. You know, I think you've learned enough about me to know, you know, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. Do, do we think about those things? Do we fix our thoughts on those things? And, and here's what's great, okay? Here's, here's one thing. I can tell you what is all those things all the time, and his name is Jesus. Okay. You go, well, I don't know how to do that. How do we do that with all the influences? All the you, you fix your eyes on Jesus, okay? You fix your eyes on him. That's the first step. That's understanding. But here's the thing. Listen, you can find these things in each other and in other things too. But I'll just speak for me, okay? I'm usually the one that's bringing the stuff that isn't true, that isn't honorable, that isn't right, that isn't pure, that isn't lovely. I'm usually the one bringing that into the conversations. 
I'm usually the one that is watching those things that I shouldn't. Look, I know right now, and I, even as I was putting this together the first couple, of, last couple of weeks, I'm putting this together and I'm going, oh my goodness, I sound like I'm a youth pastor again with this concept of what you see matters. How you talk matters. But listen, folks, it does. There's been times when my wife and I, have, we've talked about this, where, where she'll start a show, you know, and she'll watch it on Netflix or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this happen. And, and she watches more TV than I do, but um, she'll, she'll start a show in season one of great Oh, I love the story. Oh, oh, the writing. Oh, this. And, and you know what? By season three or four, it's garbage. And I use that word because I'm in church and I don't want to use a stronger one. Okay, you get me? It's garbage. Oh, but I want to see how the characters end up. Really? Really? Come on, folks. We're called to be separate. We're called to be holy. Oh, Aaron, that's so old-fashioned. Yes, it is. And you know what? Looking at our world right now, I don't want to be new-fashioned. You know what I mean? What are you watching? What have you allowed in? What have you seen that is not these things? And you know what? Listen, let's just be honest. Can we please? Every single one of us is doing this stuff. Don't be ridiculous. Every single one of us. We're reading stuff. We're looking at stuff. We're doing stuff. You say, oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know what? Let's, let's look at your conversations of the past week. Come on. We're family. we got to be honest with each other and let God do in us what he wants to do because God's not going to come in and force you to have a soft reset. He's not. Remember, this isn't shame. This is acknowledging that God wants to get some malfunctions fixed. But it's real simple. Does your life look like this? Hey, listen, here, I'll, I'll make it easy. Does your life look like this 25% of the time? Mine doesn't. I'll just be honest. I don't think mine does. Maybe I get it to maybe 20, but 25, boy, that's up. Really? So what do we do? How do we do this? How do we, how do we focus our thoughts where they need to be? Well, I gave you five. There's lots more, but I gave you five. Number one. And you know what? Guess what? It's real simple. Real simple. Number one, Bible reading. Huh. Thank goodness you came to church to hear that it was important to read the Bible. But it is. Question, how's your, how's, your, how's your Bible reading life? Does that make sense? How often do you read the Bible? Do you know what it says? Have you hid its word in your heart? Sometimes I mean this as sweetly as I possibly can because I'm speaking to myself too. Sometimes I go, we probably all need to go downstairs and hear what Emily is teaching the kids because we haven't quite gotten it yet. Because I, par- I guarantee you one of the things she's teaching them is to hide God's word in their heart. How's your Bible reading? Okay. What, 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 if, if I said to you, and you had to be honest, I said, so where are you at in your Bible? What, what, if, what did you read yesterday? Could you tell me? Okay. Again, no shame, no guilt. Just ask it. What's your Bible look like? Oh, next one. This is great. Ready? Ready? Prayer. I thought I'd put the real simple ones up first. Okay? Pray. Talk to God. You say, well, Aaron, I don't have time. Really? Really? Oh, you do. You do. You know what? Sometimes my, my favorite times in prayer is, are you ready? I'll show you. I'll literally show you. You ready for prayer time sometimes with Aaron? This is what it looks like. 
you catch it? Oh, and I wasn't doing the, I'm praying in my mind. I was listening. Prayer is communication, folks. If you're not listening to what God's saying, you're not praying. You're talking. Okay? We got to spend time in prayer. We got to spend time talking to God. God wants to talk to you. And listen, I know what you guys are going to be thinking as we go through these. Oh, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do this. I know you can. You've got to make it a priority. You can't, it just not, it's not going to just magically happen, but you can do this. You can allow these things. So we read our Bible. We pray. Next, times of fasting. Times of fasting. Now you check this out. Jesus doesn't say in his word, if you fast, and he continues. Jesus says, when you fast. There was not a thought at that time that you as a Christian wouldn't fast. Okay? That is not an optional activity in the life of a believer. Guess what? On the 13th, we're going to be starting 21 days of this. So we can focus in on God. Again, this isn't so you can say, I've been on nothing but bread and water for the last four years. No. This is about focusing in on Him. If you say, well, I'm not going to have lunch for 21 days, great. You better be spending that time with God. This is more than just a, I'm not going to eat meat or, or I'm only going to eat vegetables or I'm going to, you know, whatever God leads you to, whatever God shows you is what we want you to do. And listen, I know this is the first time we're doing this as a church. My hope and my belief is five years when we're doing this in five years from now, whatever year, 2024 or whatever that is. Goodness gracious, that's crazy to think or whatever, 2026. I don't know. I'm bad at math. Whatever it is that by that time, our fasting has grown too. Maybe this time you say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to have this or I'm not going to have that. And by time, as we grow this, you're, you're doing a Daniel fast. Not so you could say, look at me. I'm, I'm. No, no. So that you understand that God desires your attention at times. So times of fasting. Okay? Times of fasting where we focus in on God. We let God do that reset deep inside of us. Next, number four, turning stuff off. Okay, listen to me. I, I know I have this really bad reputation of the guy that does not like social media, okay? There is a reason for that, okay? Turn it off, okay? Does it mean delete all your accounts? It does, but listen to me, please. Hear me as your pastor that loves you. Turn the phone off for a while. Turn the TV off for a while. Turn the social media off stuff for a while. I promise you, I promise you, when they have enough studies and I'm dead and we talk about this in heaven, we will see the damage that this social media stuff has on your life. I promise you. I've seen it over and over. Now, am I saying throw the baby out with the bathwater? Absolutely not. Am I saying throw your TV in the garbage? No, I am not. What I am saying is for some of you, this is a God in your life. It's an idol, plain and simple, and it needs to be controlled. And if you can't control it, let's talk about it. Let's let God bring some miracles and some healing inside of you, okay? And listen, I'm not some 80-year-old, it's all bad. No, I don't. I'm younger, hopefully-ish. 
I, I know what this has and how, how it has an effect on you. And again, don't, do not go home and be, don't be the kid that basically goes home and throws out all of their toys that, that, that isn't a, a Jesus action figure. Okay, you get what I'm saying here? But you need to understand, sometimes you're going to turn, you need to turn the Netflix off. Because it's real hard to do these three things when all that's buzzing at you. Right? Okay? Listen, turn it off for a while. Put it aside for a while. Focus in on God for a while. Okay? It breaks my heart sometimes, and my son does it too, that when you go out and you see families that are out to dinner, and every single one of them, mom, dad, daughter, son, are all on their phones, and they're standing right there to have moments together. You know what? You know, that's so sad, but you know how many times God's spoken to me and said, Aaron, that's you with me sometimes? My God, the God who spoke the world into existence wants to be with me. And so, I'm sorry, God, I, I got to make sure, I, I, I got to make sure, you know, some stupid Instagram person is, is drinking something and I have to watch it. Really? Come on. Some of that is also comparing, and we're, we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, but I don't want to get into that. But turn it off. Turn it off. Don't throw it away, but turn it off for a while. And the final thing, deep times of fellowship. Deep, deep times of fellowship. If only as a church we could do something that would put people in proximity to each other once a month to pray together and to study a book about Jesus and, and actually have some moments of deep, deep relationship. Hmm. Maybe we could call them community groups. And look, you don't need a community group to do this. But that's a great place to start. Be together. Play a game. Share life. You say, well, nobody invited me. Great. Awesome. Invite them. Your relationships and the depth of your relationships is not based on this church. It should not be based on others. It should be based on you desiring, I want closeness with people, and I will find people who I can be close with that I can share life with. Okay? Real simple, real elementary, something I've told my son as he walked off to kindergarten. You want to have friends? Be a friend. You want to have deep relationship with people that is biblical, that is commanded by God? Then that's your responsibility too. So be brave. Ask somebody out to lunch. Ask somebody over. Be a part of their family. Be a part of their lives. If only we had a book that would help us learn that. Look. This stuff is majorly important. You want a soft reset? Start with these five things. You want God to do something amazing in your 2019? Start with these five things. Check them off every day. Every day, do these things. Spend time with God in prayer. Maybe not the fasting, but for at least 21 days. Fast with me. Be here on Wednesday morning or Wednesday night. 
Make it a priority. Listen, I have this simple belief, and I believe it, and I will, and you will never convince me otherwise. You will do what is most important. Whatever is most important in your life, you will find the time to do it. You will. Every human being will. Make this a priority. Make these five things. Listen, you want this church to be able to fulfill the destiny that God has for it? It starts with us, with these individuals in this room and some that aren't here this morning, starting with this five. It does. Listen, hear me here. If you put your hope in me, we're all in trouble. Because out of all the wisdom of God that God could share with me about what we got to do, he gave me these five things. He didn't say, make a big billboard. He didn't say, hand out candy. He said, we as a family have to pray and fast and be together and experience life and do these things. Listen, I don't know what God's going to do when we do these things, but I promise you this, it will be an amazing journey. But every single one of us have got to start. We talked about this last week. We talked about, listen, it's going to have to start being more about what we are doing now. And we can't give what we don't have. How do we get it? We start here. We start here. We allow God in our lives to do that soft reset. If the worship team wants to come back up. And like I said, in the next couple weeks, we're going to talk more specifically about some items that I see that I feel like we need to deal with. And again, um, not about shame, not about guilt, it really is about love. It really is about wanting us all. And this, listen, listen. I'm not going to ask you to fast and pray if I'm not going to be here doing it with you. Okay? I don't run that way. I don't do things that way. I'll be here every Wednesday and every Wednesday morning. If I'm here alone, I'll be here alone. Make it a priority. Be here. Spend 21 days fasting. Like I said, if you need help on how to do that, come see me. I, I, I can talk to you. I have some, some I can give you some, um, some guys that are a lot smarter than I am as far as how to fast and what that looks like, especially maybe if you've never done it before, okay? But the bottom line is, for the next 21 days, we as a body are going to seek God. And we're going to do it every year. We're going to start our year every year praying and fasting together. Because I did something silly, and I'm just going to admit to you how silly this was. I spent most of December in a lot of turmoil. In my own life, trying to go, God, what do I need to you guys deserve such an amazing church
And I put an expectation on myself that said I had to figure it out. I had to find the magic pill or the magic bullet or something. And once we did that, everything would change. And I carried around a burden that I didn't have to carry. Because I thought I had to do it all by myself. And I didn't share that with anybody hardly. But the pressure and I don't know if you've noticed this, probably you have, and I apologize, but the pressure and the stress made me angry, frustrated. And at times I probably took it out on you, and I'm sorry. Sometimes I just so badly want God to do things in you and through you. And the potential that I see is so great that I get frustrated when it doesn't happen in my time frame. But I've always said I wanted to do this together. I always said I wanted it to do it as a family. I didn't want to do it with me and, and I'm running off and you guys are like, what? Where'd he go? And so what this month really is in a lot of ways is us figuring this out together. Putting ourselves and our entire family in a position to hear God's voice. Starting community groups so that we can be together outside this place and experience Him. All all these things so that we can focus in on what God desires to do in us and through us. Father, we love you. And Father, I think and I know that you so desire to do some resets. There is some applications in our lives that are malfunctioning. And and there could be lots of reasons why, and we're not going to get into that right now, but the bottom line is is we need you to come and we need you to press that button and erase that data and fix us. You don't want to throw the phone out. You don't want to throw the car out. You just want to reset some things in us. And Father, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk more in in depth about some of those specific things. But God, right now, Father, as a body, as individuals, Father, we want to acknowledge our need of a soft reset. We want to begin right now to begin these five things. We want to begin right now to, to, to begin our prayer life again and in our, in our Bible reading life. We want to surround ourselves with people that bring life to us. 
We want to sign up for a group. We want to be with people. We don't, we don't need to wait till the end of the month to do this. We can go out and have lunch with somebody right now and experience life and, and pour life into them. So, Father, I, I pray that for all of us, there would be a new desire, a new hunger for you to come. So here's what we're going to do. I know I'm really late and I'm sorry. And and in fact, just so the band knows, I don't usually do this. I'm just going to have them play quietly. We're not going to do a closing song, okay? Sorry for y'all coming up here. I just feel like this is where we need to go. But I really feel like we need to, as individuals, make that commitment. Not to our spouse, not to our family, but to God. And we need to basically say, you know what, God? Me, Aaron, or whatever your name is, me, right now, I need you to come, Father, and press that reset button. I need you to do, God, what you need to do and what you can do. And, Father, I will do what I need to do. I will begin to do these five things to the best of my ability. And, and obviously, the fasting one, you can, you can start on the 13th with all of us, okay? But the rest, all the four of those, we can start today, right now. And you will make that commitment. Now, I don't ever ask you to do this, but I feel like this is important, okay? And no shame one way or the other. I just want honesty because I think that's what God wants, okay? I just want honesty. And you're willing to say, Aaron, and listen, my eyes are closed. I'm not going to open them. So you, this is between you and God. But you're willing to say, 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 Father, I will make the commitment to do these things. I will make the commitment to be here for prayer on Wednesdays at some point. Whether it's in the morning or in the after, in the evening, I will make that commitment. I will make that a priority. God, I will make these five things a priority in my life for these 21 days. I will do these things because God, I know if I do my part, you will go above and beyond doing yours. And I believe the miracles will take place. And I believe change is going to happen. I believe relationships are going to be made whole again. At at the end of this 21 days, we are going to be blown away by what God is going to do. But you can make that commitment to me. Well, forget, no, that that was wrong. I misspoke. You can make that commitment to God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, this is not about you and your neighbor. This isn't about you showing off. This is about you being honest and making a commitment to God. And you say, God, I will do my part because I know you'll do yours. If you will do that, just stand up, please. That's all I'm asking, just stand up. Be honest. My eyes are closed. I'm not concerned. This is between you and God. You will make that commitment because we need people that are going to look at God and say, you know what, God? I believe your promises are yes and amen. 
And I know what your promises are. If you question what those promises are, go back and look in the verses that we read this morning about what he wants to do in us and through us. Thank you. Now, for the rest of those that maybe aren't, can you all please stand? We're going to just close in a time of prayer. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this message. We thank you for what you desire to do. And you know what, God? I thank you that it's not overly complicated. I thank you that you haven't said every single one of us has got to go spend three months in Africa. Not that that's not good. But all you've said is, listen, listen, be with me. Focus on me. Love each other. Spend time together. These are the things that are are going to build this church. These are the things that are going to build our life and our closeness with you. How are people going to know who you are? They're going to know we're your followers because of the love we show one another. Where do we get that love? By spending time with you. How do we express that love? By spending time with each other. We don't need theology 10. We barely need theology 1. We need to love you and love others. And so, Father, I pray. For me, because I need help here too. I need to do a better job too. That, Father, you will equip me to do these five things. That, Father, when I'm hungry and I'm cranky and I want something to eat, you'll say, you know what? You can do this. And I'll run to you and I'll say, God, you are my source. It's in you that I trust. And then, Father, at the end of this time, that we will have grown closer to you and closer together more than we ever have before. Father, we love you and we thank you. You're so good. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.